You're listening to the Royal Flying Doctor Service podcast for the Queensland section. This episode is brought to you by the Small Talk Big Difference campaign. For some, having conversations and building connections with the people around us is second nature, but for others, it can be difficult. So if you are living with a mental health condition, you'll know that reaching out isn't easy. But there are plenty of ways to get help, and it doesn't necessarily mean talking through how you're feeling to someone face-to-face. There are plenty of podcasts like this one, social media support groups, and reading that can help give you the tools to manage your mental health. Sharon Bunn is a Senior Mental Health Clinician for the Royal Flying Doctor Service and is with us on the Small Talk Big Difference podcast. Sharon, hello. Hi. Um, often communication is something that we think we do naturally, and, and we do. Uh, we, we talk to other people, we engage quite easily, but it is really important in maintaining positive relationships, both personal and professional. Um, It's also important when you think about it, um, communication helps us to get messages across to another person. So without a message, we can't have a conversation. We can't pass on information. We can't ask for things. So it's actually quite an important skill to have. Are some people are some people just born with good communication skills? Can it be a learnt skill? I think it is primarily learnt, and often we pick up our communication skills um, from our environment, and it could be. Um, our family of origin or our workplace or our friends, Um, but we all have different styles of communication and we tend to use the different styles, even if it's only occasionally, but we all tend to use the different styles of communication in different settings. Can you talk us through what some of those communication styles are? Yeah, yep. So we've got, um, we generally think about aggressive styles, passive styles and assertive styles. Um, and as I said before, we often, we, we might alternate between those three depending on the settings, but generally at some point in time, we'll use all three. And what can influence our style of communication? If we have an aggressive style, look, it, it might be something that we've picked up um, just from modelling uh, in our environment, like aggress- an aggressive style is characterised by like a forceful, hostile manner and, and defensiveness as well. Um, and often with an aggressive style, um, a lot of the messages, a lot of the things you're trying to communicate might be a bit alienating. So there could be a bit of a background history of why people are using that aggressive style, but often it, it's not that helpful in positive communication. What's the best way to handle somebody who has that aggressive communication style? Well, one of the things that we can do is improve our assertive communication style. Um, Because I guess with the aggressive style, it's more of a I win, you lose. Uh, An assertive style is more of a I win, you win. And assertiveness is actually about it's clearly expressing what you think without demanding that you must have it your way. And also with an assertive style, it actually helps when you're dealing with an aggressive style because it gives you an opportunity to express your thoughts and also to say no and set boundaries and all of this without feeling guilty, of course. What about a passive communication style? What does that sound like? 
that's often about putting your needs last. Um, people may engage in that passive communication style because they think that they're avoiding conflict. But what tends to happen is resentment builds up because it's about uh, the passive style is about not asking for what you want okay? and not expressing your thoughts, not expressing your needs. And it's more of a you win, I lose situation. And, and as, as I said before, resentment often builds up. And, and sometimes, uh, even if you have a primarily passive style of communication, if the resentment builds up, it can bottle up. And then it, it's almost like you can flip the other way and, and you can then start communicating in an aggressive style because of all the resentment. If we're looking at the three communication styles, aggressive, passive and assertive, which is the most effective? Uh, definitely the assertive the assertive style because it's about expressing what you think and what you feel and asking for, for what you want without demanding that you must have it your way. So with the assertive style, as you're communicating with, with somebody, the underlying assumption or the message that you're conveying is that we both matter. So it's about, yeah, I win, you win. So it's a win, it's, you're going for that win-win sort of a situation there in that communication. Why, Sharon, is it important that people are aware of these different communication styles and certainly should they be aware of their own communication style? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something to, to practice because I guess if we're looking at what is our overall goal for communicating, it's about um, passing on a message, passing on information, asking for something, motivating, or even building up um, personal relationships or professional relationships. So it's definitely important to work on. Uh, and the question that you asked about, you know, what what might influence our styles, um, we we have a thing and. I guess bear with me because it can be a bit difficult to to think about. It's it's called a cognitive filter. So if you imagine wearing a pair of sunglasses or looking through a piece of cellophane, what you're actually going to see is you're going to see whatever's in your visual field is going to be filtered. Like with sunglasses, it's, it's going to be a bit tinted. So if you could imagine that we all have these things called cognitive filters, we can't see them. But what it is, it's our experiences and our perceptions are filtered through a lot of the things that have happened in our life. And, and it could be um, the generation in which you were born, like the social attitudes. It could be trauma. It could be, for instance, you know, you could have been bullied in school. And so when people try to communicate with you, it's actually coming through this filter. And in this sort of a situation, you can imagine why some people might misunderstand or take things the wrong way, um, then they could become defensive and it, and it sets off a bit of a chain reaction in your communication. How can people organise their thoughts before speaking to sort of take into account and to consider these different communication styles? And like you mentioned, some of these, um, you know, beliefs um, that have been constructed, you know, without them even realising. If you're finding that you're having some communication difficulties and some of some of these effects are influencing your communication, it is really important to organise your thoughts. So it could be to find a place, sit down, um, and probably start from 
your goal. Think about what is it that I want to communicate? What it, what outcome am I going for? Um, is it about motivating? Is it about passing on information? Um, just yeah, describe or describe a behaviour objectively that you want to address with someone. While you're sort of by yourself practising, organising your thoughts, I guess think about how you can express how you feel without blaming, okay, without blaming and alienating. So if you sit down and organise your thoughts, um, I guess the other thing too uh, sorry to jump around, but I, I just thought when you go to a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer, often we'll organise our thoughts and organise what we want to say before we go there because um, the the appointments are short and sharp. So I guess, look, we can do it when when we feel the need to. So it's about putting that sort of importance on thinking about who you're going to communicate with and perhaps organising your thoughts before you enter into that interaction. How important is listening in the art of communication? It's very important. Um, And it's very important so that the other person feels heard and validated, but also you want to try and pick up on some feedback. So if you're communicating with somebody, uh, as we mentioned before about um, there's a lot of things that that can influence it, like these cognitive filters, um, people's background histories, what we want to do is observe some feedback because that might give us some key information that a person has perhaps misunderstood the message that we're trying to express or they've taken something the wrong way. And that gives us an opportunity to clarify And what about body language, the tone of voice we use and and how much confidence and empathy we we bring into our communication style? How important is all of that? Yes, definitely. That's a very important point. Um, So we're talking about communication, but it it has so many layers to it. There's verbal and nonverbal communication. And even in verbal communication, we've got tone of voice that can convey a completely different message than what we're actually trying to convey. And we've got nonverbal. Um, I guess the thing is, if we, if we go back to what are the goals of communication, which is to convey a message, verbal and nonverbal influences can actually change that message. So the person that we're trying to communicate with can come can I guess get a whole different set of ideas or a whole different message than the one we're intending to to convey. What about feedback? Should we seek out feedback in the way that we communicate with with people? Yeah, definitely. Um, because this is sometimes we have these dif- difficulties and misunderstandings in communication. Because if you're trying to I guess, send a message to someone, give some information. In our heads, we think we know what we want to say, but that doesn't necessarily mean the person or people that we're communicating are hearing it that way. So it's very important in the whole process to get feedback because, as I said before, it gives you an opportunity to clarify in case there are misunderstandings. Are there different rules, Sharon, between communicating face-to-face versus we do so much of it online these days through social media? Personally, in my opinion, if something is really important, it's always good to have face-to-face communication or even a follow-up phone call. Um, It's important because sometimes or often we can't 
get the tone from a text or from a written communication. And again, if we go back to what we were talking about before with our cognitive filters and people's past histories, they, or, or even for instance, somebody might have depression or anxiety or social anxiety. And if you write a sentence, um, a written sentence, they might imply a tone on that, which you didn't mean and you wouldn't even be aware of. So they may, um, they, they may think that you're attacking them and they can become defensive. They may think your message is a criticism when it actually wasn't intended that way. So if things are really important and just to ensure that there's no misunderstandings, it, it can sometimes be important to have face-to-face -face or at least phone communication just to check in and get that feedback. Do you think our ability to communicate effectively is being impaired because we're online so much and we're texting and using messenger versus face-to-face? -face? I, I know with myself, even having short phone calls these days is seems a lot more difficult than just sending a quick text. Do you think we're losing that art of being able to communicate effectively? Yeah, well, I think... Um we mentioned before verbal and non-verbal communication and a lot of information gets conveyed through those channels and really we're going to be missing out on that uh, a lot of the, a lot of the verbal a lot of the feedback um and again sometimes just that expression in face to face it doesn't have to always be about a negative thing. It can be very positive, but we're not picking up on the smiles and, you know, those caring gestures that you might pick up on in a non-verbal channel. If someone is struggling to reach out face-to-face, -face, how can they do it without it being too confronting? Yeah, so, so they could um, speak with a mental health professional and, and get some tips and skills because um, that, that is something that... Assertiveness skills is something that can be easily taught. But if they don't want to do that, I guess my advice would be to try and practice. Um, find a safe space and practice with somebody that you trust. So if there's a particularly challenging interaction coming up, um, for instance, some people don't like confrontation, but if they know that they have to speak up about something, then practice how they might say that with, with a friend or someone that they trust to practice that they're being objective and practice that they're being assertive. And lastly, Sharon, communication obviously is the key to, to, to getting better mental health. Is that what you would say? Yeah, I, I guess the thing is... Um, the more you practice your communication, the, the better you'll get at expressing what's going on for you and, and the easier it will become. And in terms of mental health, one of the, the risk factors, I guess, um, for poorer outcomes is being isolated and not letting people know what's going on. So the, the, the more confident that you feel in expressing what's happening for you, then it can give you that confidence to reach out and go that one step further and say, hey, you know, I'm not doing so well or something's been bothering me, you know, and, and then get that communication, especially with professionals or your support network, friends and family. Go and see somebody that you trust um, and possibly a mental health clinician to help you with your communication skills. Uh, and also if you're finding difficulties in communicating your needs or um, 
friends, family, if there's difficulties there, mental health clinicians are quite skilled in, in being able to assist you to improve your communication or, or have a look at some of the blocks that might be obstacles to communication. And for more information on what we've been discussing, it's part of the Small Talk Big Difference campaign, proudly funded by the Commonwealth and the Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangement. For more details on this podcast, go to smalltalkbigdifference.com.au and don't forget to leave a review and subscribe if you'd like to hear more.